This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about how we might be different really shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. A couple of weeks ago, we all acknowledged our debt of gratitude to the many veterans who serve us. It's because of their service that we are free. And there are so many things that we can do for the veterans community now more than ever. And so I wanted to take some time today to introduce you to a neighbor of ours because he is from the Atlanta area, Patrick Griffith. And he's gonna talk to us about mission roll call and how we can support those efforts. Patrick, appreciate you for making the time to talk to us. Thank you. Yeah, Connors, thank you for having me on. Thank you for your service. Tell our audience a little bit about your service and how you came to work with Mission Roll Call. Yeah, so I spent five years in the U.S. Army from 2010 to 2015 as an explosive ordnance disposal technician. Uh, I had a couple of deployments in there to Africa, Afghanistan, and South America. And once I got out of the service, I knew that I still wanted to serve in some capacity. So I found uh, the nonprofit world that was supporting veterans. Uh, I did five years at a different organization, and then this job opened up at Mission Roll Call to be the program director here in Atlanta. And while I've done good things in previous nonprofits in the past, what it really drew me to Mission Roll Call is um, what we're doing on the ground as far as influencing policy and getting the voice of veterans into lawmakers is something that will last in perpetuity beyond my time here at Mission Roll Call. So it was pretty, pretty apparent to me that I could have an everlasting uh, push forward to help veterans, my brothers and sisters who serve this country, move the needle down in the areas that they need that for, for them and their families moving forward. And, and I jumped at the opportunity to join. So Patrick, is yours a typical military family? There are others in your family who had served before? Yes. Uh, my grandfather served and both of my uncles served and my brother-in-law as well. What made you answer the call and decide to serve besides their example? Uh, service has just been in our bloodline throughout our entire family lineage. And when I graduated college, if we're being quite honest, I didn't really know what I wanted to do right when I got out. So I walked into a recruiter's office and I'm sure I made his day because I asked him the question of, hey, how quickly can you get me into the army? And his eyes were as big as saucers after that. And he said, sign this document. We'll get you in real quick. Uh, and then that, that started my time in the military. So I introduced you as being from the Atlanta area, but I got to tell you, I am not hearing very much of a Southern accent. So how did you come to be in the greater Atlanta area? Uh, I moved all over after I got out uh, of the military. I'm originally from New York and then uh, spent most of my time in Florida. But after I um, got out of the service and started to work for nonprofits, uh, Atlanta ended up becoming my home. And I've been here since 2016. What is Mission Roll Call? Tell me about it specifically. Yeah, so Mission Roll Call's mission statement is we're a nonpartisan movement providing veterans a powerful unified voice that is heard by our nation's leaders and communities. And what that really means is um, we've identified that nearly half of all veterans are not associated with the VA or any other VSOs. So when lawmakers and policymakers are talking on behalf of veterans, half of our voices right off the bat aren't even being heard. Um, and uh, with COVID and everything that went on about separation and people being having to stay at home and this new lifestyle that we've been accustomed to the past year and a half or so, we've realized that folks aren't getting together at the traditional VSO spaces like they used to at the American Legions or VFWs or any other of the small VSOs out there. And we said, how can we get the opinion and the voices of veterans on the ground to their lawmakers without having to meet in buildings? So we started to use 21st century technology and 
Connors, I, I know you know this, everybody's on their phone, right? So we've said, if we can send out emails, send out text messages and send out social media polling to our veteran audience and then capture their opinions on the things that lawmakers are talking about, it's very easy for us to not fall into a biased realm of saying, oh, I'll take this opinion and, and filter it through a chapter and then go up to whoever's representing us on the Hill and go from there. We take that voice of the, the veteran, regardless of where they are in the country, take that polling initiative and deliver it straight to lawmakers on the Hill and say, this is the unfiltered, unbiased opinion of your constituents on the ground. And whether they agree or disagree with what the, the policymakers are doing uh, will dictate what the policymakers will hopefully do on behalf of the veterans they represent. And what are the messages? What is What are the, the top two or three things that you're hearing from veterans that they want our lawmakers to do? Yeah, so our, our top three priorities are uh, ending the suicide epidemic. That's first and foremost. Uh, we would love for the VA to talk about that being their number one priority moving forward. As it currently sits right now on the list of priorities, I believe it falls around 4A or 4B. So we would like that to be number one in the list of the VA. And then uh, following shortly behind that is our second priority, which is access to care. Well, we believe we can mitigate a lot of the issues that revolve around the suicide epidemic if we can get people to access the care in a quick and timely manner. Um, and then third in our list of priorities is uh, being a representative voice for tribal and rural veterans. So veterans that don't have the access to care and don't have the voice that are farther outside the cities um, are quite often forgotten, particularly in those tribal and rural areas. And we are going out there and meeting those folks where they're at and saying, give us your opinion, give us your voice, and we'll make, that a, I mean, we'll make sure that it's heard on the Hill. Patrick, you said the number one priority is ending this suicide epidemic among veterans, and we know those numbers are way too high. What are some of the reasons behind this epidemic? Yeah, Connors, the first and foremost thing is timely access to care. Um, the ability for a veteran to get into the VA and say that I have an issue with X, Y, or Z, and then to say, okay, in this time period, we are going to get you get seen, diagnosed, and then treated from there. And currently, we're just not seeing that. You've seen throughout the news media that there are excessive wait times at the VA right now. And the, the implementation of the Mission Act, um, which we all applauded and, and think is a great thing to to help the veterans get access to care in their community if they can't get access at the VA. It's just not been implemented properly. Uh, I have buddies of mine that have gone to the VA that said, hey, I can't get um, served at the VA for, for whatever issue within a certain period of time. And they've said, hey, can I use the Mission Act to go see my personal doctor and be seen within 30 days? And representatives at the VA don't have any idea what they're talking about. So um, what we're trying to do right now is say, yes, this Mission Act is amazing. Uh, it, it, it will help tremendously in getting that access to care, but it needs to be implemented VA-wide. And there has to be standard operating procedures to say if a veteran can't get seen in a particular amount of time, they need to be seen in their community within a window that is uh, not only acceptable, acceptable but um, also timely. I mean, if you say that you have an issue and particularly a mental health issue and you can't see somebody for 90 days, it's just going to get exacerbated by the fact that you can't see someone immediately. Patrick, how is it that our leaders can seemingly disrespect all of you who volunteer to serve this great nation so that we can be free? Why is it such, why is it being so bungled? Uh, Truthfully, I think that what has happened is there's been a misrepresentation of the veteran voice. Um, and, and this is what we're trying to do at Mission Roll Call is to go out and actually take the voice of the veteran and deliver it to the folks who need to hear what we have to say on the ground. Um, 
I think for the most part that there's a humility that runs throughout the military and um, most folks are not willing to stand up and say, hey, you know what, like I need access to care or I need this or that because um, th that's not the character of the folks that join the military. And we're saying like, no, you guys have a specific story, particularly now with the withdrawal from Afghanistan and everything that went on the last few months. Um, your voice needs to be heard as a veteran. You absolutely have a unique story that needs to be represented. And um, this is another way for you to be able to serve after your service is to get your story out there to potentially help your brothers and sisters get the access to care and get through the things that may be affecting them now. Speaking of an opportunity to raise awareness about veterans issues and considering all the things that have happened in recent weeks with the withdrawal from Afghanistan, I'm seeing lots of stories in the news and also represented in entertainment television about the negative impact these burn pits have had on our servicemen and women. What can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, so uh, I, I would think that anyone who served uh, in the Middle East in Desert Storm, Iraq or Afghanistan uh, is in some way, shape or form affected by the burn pits. I know that personally I was, when we were on our fob in Afghanistan, they were burning everything right outside our front door essentially. So um, this will have an effect much like Agent Orange did with Vietnam veterans far later on down the line. And it's just now being brought up um, to the people who have the influence to say, um, we need to make a change. But like everything else, um, it seems to be that it takes the deaths of veterans to start instituting these policies to say, hey, we need to start looking at this beforehand. Um, what we would like to see at Mission Roll Call is all the stories from our veterans be shared. And then we find a collective voice of, let's start being more proactive than reactive. Instead of waiting for someone to fall into the the black hole of um, you know suicidal ideation or things like that. Let's get them out of there. Let's let's talk about how burn pits are affecting veterans on the ground, and then what we can do to mitigate those moving forward. Instead of waiting for you know hundreds of people to pass and then say, okay, we should probably start doing something about this. What is it that somebody listening or watching us right now can do to provide support to? veterans we may know, veterans we don't know, and the organization Mission Roll Call? Yeah, the first thing that I would ask is, is go to missionrollcall.org and sign up. And, and the second thing is if you have a unique story as a veteran, regardless of what your story is, it is unique to you as an individual and as a veteran, and we want to share that. So if you have a story where you've had an issue with anything, positive or negative, within the VA or anything that you've done outside of your military service time, reach out to us. We would be happy to get in touch with you and, and come down and film your story and then that share that with our audience all across social media and emails and text message platforms. Um, this is really a movement for veterans by veterans. So the more folks that sign up and the more folks that come to us and say, hey, we're, we'll raise our right hand and serve again, if you will, in a, in a veteran aspect to help out our veteran brothers and sisters, that's exactly what we need. Um, we need more veterans, we need more voices, and we need those voices to be heard by the folks on the Hill. Patrick Griffith with Mission Roll Call. Appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. And I like that hat, go Braves. <laughs> go Braves, thank you, Condes. It's Georgia's greatest day of generosity, Giving Tuesday. It happens on Tuesday, November 30th. This is the day that you get to say thank you to a nonprofit that means a lot to you. Now, one of those nonprofits that's seeking your support helps people on really their worst days. It's Ahimsa House. And joining us is the Ahimsa House Executive Director, Myra Resnick. Myra, thank you for being with us. 
Thank you so much for having me. Could you share with our audience the story of Ahimsa House and the work that you all do? Sure. Ahimsa House is a nonprofit that is dedicated to assisting victims of domestic violence and intimate partner violence, but specifically with their pets. So studies have shown that up to 71% of victims report that their abusers threatened, harmed, or even killed a family pet. And on top of that, 50% of victims reported that they delayed seeking safety for themselves out of concern for a beloved pet. Um, we know that pets are part of the family, and we know that abusers use pets as a means of control and tactics for power over their victims. So we remove that barrier to safety by providing temporary care for the pets while victims go to either a domestic violence shelter or family and friends where their pets can't come along. And then we take care of them, provide any veterinary care they may need or anything else during that time, and then reunite them with their owners once they're out and have safe and stable housing. How do people know about Ahimsa House and to call you and say, I need to exit this situation and I have others that I'm bringing with me, particularly a pet? A lot of times it is referrals from our partners. So we do work with all of the domestic violence shelters here in Georgia. We are a statewide program. We serve all 159 counties. Um, so the domestic violence shelters know about our services, the ones who do not provide on-site accommodations know to refer their clients, their victims to us. Um, also, we've worked with law enforcement agencies, um, prosecuting agencies, victim witness agencies, and so they know to refer people to us. But a lot of times it's also a self-referral. Um, people Google about what they can do with their pets if they're leaving because of domestic violence, because so many times people think of their pets before they even think of themselves for safety. So sometimes it is self-referrals. Ahimsa House is a unique name for a nonprofit organization. Can you tell us about that history and what it means? Yes, um, Ahimsa was chosen by our founder, Emily Christie, who was a domestic violence survivor, who found herself in a situation where she was in an abusive relationship and went to a domestic violence shelter to um, escape and brought her cat along with her, only to be told that pets weren't allowed at that shelter. And so she had to find an acquaintance, someone she barely knew, um, to try to take care of her cat. And once she tried to contact them, she was unable to reach them. And she never saw her cat again. And she decided that nobody should have to choose between their safety and that of their pet. Um, so this idea was born from her experience. And she did all of the hard work um, to start the, the Ahimsa House and get the 501c3 and all of that hard work. Um, and she chose Ahimsa because of the meeting in Sanskrit. It is the principle of nonviolence. And your logo, it's also very distinctive. Yes, we were rebranded a few years ago um, and they chose and we chose the Hamza hand because its meaning is protection. And so we feel like we're sort of a protection program for those pets um, while they're escaping violence. And how did you come to your work and your calling at Ahimsa House? I actually heard about Ahimsa House from a previous colleague. Um, I used to work in um, the sexual assault field and a little bit of domestic violence. But when I heard about um, Ahimsa House, it just really married my two passions, which is violence against women and pets. It just seemed like the perfect fit. So I have been with Ahimsa House since 2007. What's the greatest need for a nonprofit like Ahimsa House? 
uh, there are so many needs, um, obviously money, and that's something I think that all nonprofits agree with, but volunteers are a huge part of what we do. They are the heart of our organization. We have over 400 volunteers in different capacities, and that is from answering our 24-hour crisis line, fostering these pets, transporting these pets, going to staff a booth at an outreach event to spread awareness about what we do, and we really could not function without our amazing volunteers. What are the requirements for somebody who might want to volunteer with your organization? There aren't any requirements for um, some, of the, some of the opportunities, for example, outreach, as long as they're 18 years old and you know, are ready and willing to go and, and talk about us and be an ambassador for us, that's, there's really no other um, requirements. But if for our foster homes and transporters, um, we do have to um, do a criminal background check and that's just because of, of funding and also best practices. So there's an application process that they would go through. But if you're interested in that, you can find out more on our website under Get Involved. Mara, was there anything else that you wanted our audience to know, something that I might not have asked you in our time? Um, just if you want to learn more about us, you can find us on the internet at www.ahimsahouse.org. And we also um, are very active on social media, Ahimsa House on Facebook and Ahimsa House on Instagram. And I can only assume that Giving Tuesday is going to be a really big day for your nonprofit. It is. We have a goal this year of $45,000 to raise. And we're so excited about that. Last year, we raised our goal was 40000 and we raised over 41000 So we're so excited. Our supporters get so excited about this day. And we are extremely active on social media that day. So we're posting and commenting from about 6 a.m. until midnight. And so it's kind of fun to follow along and see if we reach our goal. And if you were able to reach that goal, and I hope that you do a $45,000 on Giving Tuesday, what will those dollars help Ahimsa House to do? We are currently busier than ever. Um, this year, we've received over 3,600 calls to our 24-hour crisis line. We've helped 151 people escape domestic violence with their 277 pets. Um, we've provided 218 visits to veterinarians and 601 transports, and over 13,000 nights of safe shelter for pets. And because of COVID and what everyone's experiencing, many of our partners have had to close, especially our boarding partners, um, or are, are no longer able to provide uh, discounts or reduced rates for rescues. So we're paying more when we do have boarding. Um, so this money is going to go a long way we have yet to have to turn anyone away who needs help, and this money will help us continue to not have to turn anyone away. Myra Resnick, thank you for the great work that you and your volunteers are doing at Ahimsa House for people who are escaping domestic violence situations with their loved ones, their furry friends. That's great work. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I'd hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condus Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condus? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-E. -S -S -E.
L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this same time as we explore new perspectives.